Hey movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. This is episode 183. This past weekend, Thor Love and Thunder came out. Our discussion this week is, is the Marvel Cinematic Universe losing steam? Make of that what you will. So, yeah, there's some connections to be had. I'll just leave it there. But, uh, Josh, yeah, how you doing tonight? I'm chilling, my dude. I'm like hanging out with you i've been like today has been all about doing absolutely nothing and uh let me tell you it has been a successful day <laughs> that's gonna continue so, that's gonna continue with this podcast because we were off last week one because it yeah. was an incredibly slow news week and two i just took that week off because heather had off for this um this week from camp i was just like i have got way too much vacation time so i'm just gonna take the week off just figured I'd take the week off from the podcast, too, because honestly, all the news topics that we're going to talk about this week is basically what we we're going to talk about last week. It's been super, super mm-hmm. slow news-wise, and I think that has something to do with some uh, some convention next weekend, yeah. but uh, I can't it's imagine crazy. what that is. But uh, Josh, have you been watching anything lately? I actually have not. Uh, no. <laughs> I was about to say, I, uh, I, I've got plenty of stuff to make up for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, finally finished Stranger Things. Uh, the finale, um, if mm. we're doing spoiler-free stuff, uh, I won't say I was disappointed, but I definitely say will say that I don't think it, was as, it went as hard in the paint as it needed to. Uh, but then again... I just read a book where a majority of the characters die and I was like emotionally heartbroken and maybe I was just expecting that, which is fine. It's, it's, it is what it is. But um, I'm kind of with you of it, the finale was not bad, but I think it might be the weakest part of season four. And which is I crazy. Do, I do, but I don't say part of its expectation. I think part of it was the expectations that the Duffer brothers put on us of like, oh man, very, very true, there's going to be a body count. I'm like, there was one person in the finale and then one episode, one person in like the episode before the finale. And it was people that we could all kind of see coming. We're going to bite it. <laughs> you And technically the body count is uh, uh, the people of the town. Like, <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm happy to say Jason's half the man that he used to be because. Oh, dude, oof. I love, I, I hate that they didn't linger on it more, but I'm happy that they did it. <laughs> yes. My my big oh my issue gosh. with the finale is they played it incredibly safe, like oh, yeah. uber uber safe to the point of oh, just yeah. like wow. So everyone has plot armor, but at least they're like, don't worry. For season five, we're not introducing any more new characters. I'm going good, even though you gave us all the red flags in the world of certain characters. Um, some characters with fantastic hair were going to die, mm-hmm. and they're still fine, which I'm okay with, but I'm just like, maybe don't bait us so much next time. Uh, but bes- uh, yeah, No, they're going to save his death for next season. Guarantee it. I'm calling it right I now. I don't know. I don't think anybody's right dying now. next season. Nah, nah, nah. I think he is, and Dustin will become the absolute god of a man that he is, and he's like, that's going to be the ultimate moment where Steve passes the the, the torch to Dustin. Um, but yeah. <laughs> um, other than that, I actually want, like, my brother comes to me, the youngest, comes to me for, um, for like horror movie recommendations and stuff like that. And every now and then we'll have, you know, we'll, we'll watch some stuff. And I was like, here, this, you know, these are the ones on Netflix. Here's like four, pick one. And he was like, let's do, let's do that one. I was like, cool. Ouija origin of evil. Sounds great. Yeah. (laughs) You don't need to see the original at all. No, no, the original is terrible. Um, but like, I was like, 
because we watched Sinister and he loves that movie. And I was like, good, you'll love this one. And he was absolutely terrified by by this and which is expected because even on the rewatch i was unsettled a lot of the time like when she looks the the boyfriend in the eye for the first time and goes do you know what it feels like to be strangled alive and it was like oh oh, oh, god okay um but like it ends and he and like you know for those that you know want a what almost 10 year old movie um spoiled uh evil wins in the end right and he was like, I just don't like it when evil wins in the end. And I was like, you like Sinister a lot? And he's like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> That's different. But Sinister's yeah. well told. Excellence. Yeah. <laughs> but Ouija Origin of Evil, fantastic. Um, I was trying to think. I've, I've watched some other stuff th- um, this week, but I can't remember quite. Uh, I watched a lot of YouTube. I know that much. That, <laughs> I'm just always about about the YouTube watching these days. That's just me on a regular basis. But no, yeah. since we've been gone for two weeks and since I was off, I watched a lot of stuff. So since we've got so much stuff that I watched, I'll try to keep all this brief. Uh, Semi-pro. Who the heck thought this was funny back in the day? Semi-pro suck <laughs> balls. Like, I'm already on the fence about Will Ferrell in general. Semi-pro sucked. I didn't laugh a single time. Uh, and then I watched Crazy Rich Asians. It was fine. It was entertaining. It's not my genre of film, but everyone was like hyping it up. Of like, it's one of the best rom-coms ever. And it was pretty good. There's a lot of people in that that I could see big futures coming for. Well... Some of them are already big name people now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched a James Mangold movie starring John Cusack called Identity, which is like love it. Um, bad times at the Air Royale of like a whole bunch of people stuck in one location. It's not bad until you get to the end and you're just going, say what now? So I'm going to spoil this movie from 2003 that no one cares about. <laughs> um, all the people in this hotel like area are part of a serial killer's subconscious and they're different personalities that are all being killed off so that the one dominant personality can finally come forth. And it's the so split. Got it. Kind of, <laughs> but it's a serial killer child that eventually kills everyone and takes over, and the movie just kind of ends. I'm going, oh, uh, okay. Weird cast, too. Like I said, John Cusack, Dr. Cox from Scrubs is in it, Ray Liotta's in it. Um, super bizarre cast. Uh, and then this past weekend, I did a double header. Uh, we, my family and I were already planning on seeing Thor Love and Thunder. And then one of our family friends was like, hey, we're going to see Minions, The Rise of Gru. You want to do it? So my family's like, hey, while we're there, do you want to do a double header? I enjoyed Minions so much more. Like, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. we'll get but, into but- it later. But Love and Thunder, <laughs> at least for me was so hard to watch and so not enjoyable because it's not so much that it's a bad movie. It's like high school talent show. If there's a kid there trying to do stand-up comedy and he's just not funny, but you have to sit there awkwardly and support him either way and just go, Mm -hmm. you're doing great, pal. Like, 
Thor Love and Thunder sucked. At least Minions knows what it is. It's it's fine enough. There's a couple good jokes in there. There's some really great puns in there. Like there's the the secret location that all the villains meet at is a fake record store called Criminal Records, and I'm going. Get that is fantastic. There's a lot of puns oh. like that that I'm just like, okay. Um, there's a villain named Jean Claude with a lobster claw for a hand, and I'm going, all right, like like that's dumb fun. And then there's Thor: Love and Thunder, which exists. Um, the funny thing is, we were going to talk about the MCU sucking even before Th- Thor: Love and Thunder came out. We're just like, you know what? We should pivot to something else. Mm-hmm. After seeing Thor: Love and Thunder. Yes, we needed to talk about this discussion and why the MCU is potentially losing steam. Uh, and then lastly, y'all ever heard of the kill count on Dead Meat, the fantastic YouTube channel? Well, there's one that they talked about that I was like, that sounds crazy enough that I kind of want to watch it. A movie called Deathgasm. Love it. Okay. It's, it's definitely a type of movie that we would have watched in college. Um, <laughs> It's not bad. It's basically uh-huh, sure, sure, like... Sure. It's basically a group of, like, backyard punk rock, not punk rock, metalheads, basically find old papers and summon a demon by playing too much metal in their garage. Um, Got it. And had to basically go and play the song backwards to undo everything. It's dumb, but it's so entertaining. Plus, there's one scene that I almost bust a gut out laughing because there's obviously a villain. There has to be a villain. And obviously. he's talking to one of his henchmen that failed. He's just like, you have failed me for the last time. So two of his other henchmen chop off this guy's head. He's like, what are you guys doing? This is nice brand new carpet. At least put a tarp down. Do it again. And the other guys are staring <laughs> at each other going, we just chopped his head off. How do we do it again? Do it again. So they like bring this like tarp out put the body on and then one of the guy like tries to pretend put the head back on and then they like <laughs> motion to cut the head off he's like that's better that's better for all those out there might know deathgasm better as the meme that you see sometimes of like a dude that kind of looks like a kiss knockoff sitting next mm. to a girl like an all white and it says my two music tastes sitting next to each other yeah that's from deathgasm it was, it was pretty funny uh, but yes, that one moment of decapitation was funnier than almost anything else I've seen. Of like, do it again. His head's already off. Do it again. <laughs> I don't care. Love it. Glad to see somebody's uh, watching sh- entertainment on this uh, entertainment podcast. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, and oh, hopefully oh. I watch the Black Phone by next week. Oh, true. Um, um. So, so, so I've got something at at the bookstore the other day. Um. Josh, you do remember this is an audio platform. Yes. No, I know. I know. I just like, uh, so for those that know me, you know, I'm super into uh, all things Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, uh, what'd you say last year? Last year they were doing, they're in the middle of the last Ronin storyline. Um, and so because of that, like usually it takes a year, year or two to get it into the like full graphic novels. And, uh, you know, so I, I was chilling, like, all right, you know, I'll see it when I see it. And I happened to be at um, at Barnes and Noble last week, and I my brother was over there, like looking at the Star Wars books and stuff like that. And I walked over and I was like, all right, cool, all right, let's go. You know, we all got what we need. And I happened to glance down at the bottom of the shelf, and there it was, the last Ronin graphic novel. And can I tell you, 
hey, I'm glad I waited um, because uh, I, I preferred stories and their, you know, in their whole existence instead of a bunch of single issues that I have to wait for. Uh, but that's a personal preference. Um, by God, is this good? <laughs> like better than any, in my opinion, probably the best Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle story ever. And it's God, it's so good. I, if you have an opportunity, if anybody has an opportunity to listen, to go read uh, the last Ronin, it is fantastic. By God. So good. That funny thing is that, Kind of exact same thing happened to me when I found the Uncharted comic series by Josh Williamson that yeah. I didn't even know existed. You always find stuff when you're not looking, and then oh, when yeah. you're looking for stuff is when you will never, ever find it. So go places not looking for stuff. If you find us on a podcast, don't be looking for us, and you'll find us. We will enter <laughs> your homes whether you want us to or not. We're we'll coming for like... your ear holes. <laughs> we'll just start like... Uh, random guest starring on other podcasts will be like, hi, you hey, weren't man. looking for me, but I'm here. Hey man, that's I would that'd be great. <laughs> so starting us off with some news is uh mm, let's let's be nice and call this a mixed bag of news, I think. <laughs> and that is that the next Captain America, Captain America 4, has its director finally and is moving forward, and it's got a director that's what we'll, well that's what we'll call it and it has the cloverfield paradoxes julius ona i believe is how you pronounce it the director of cloverfield paradox oh boy um i never saw the cloverfield paradox but uh i've never heard a single good thing about it all i remember with the cloverfield paradox was it was what was it 20 it was a few years ago that it was like during the Super Bowl that they're like, check out this trailer for the new Cloverfield movie. And everyone's like, yeah. oh, that's so cool on Netflix right now. And everyone's going, whoa, whoa, it's on Netflix right now. And then everyone yeah. watched it right after the Super Bowl. And they realized, oh, that's why it's... it was on Netflix immediately after the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and to be to be fair to the director, from everything I heard, the Cloverfield Paradox had a lot of production problems, and it was never intended to be a Cloverfield movie, so maybe they were brought on for something else completely different. Supposedly, he has another movie that did quite well at, like, a Tribeca Film Festival or Sundance that was well-received, so maybe Cloverfield Paradox is a fluke. My big issue was, and I'm, I don't know if this was clickbait or just ignorance, it was like Hollywood Reporter or Deadline or somebody was reporting the news of, like, the new Captain America movie will be directed by Cloverfield Paradox. However, it's unsure if Chris Evans will reprise the role at this time. We're all going, you morons! You? Did you miss <laughs> the end of Endgame or Falcon Winter Soldier? Like, it's, it's clearly Sam Wilson. This is not a hard concept. This is probably, of the announced... Marvel stuff that's coming because we have a whole bunch of stuff that's speculated but not officially announced. Mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. the stuff that's actually announced, this is probably one of the few things that I'm actually like super looking forward to, and that's yeah, primarily because of the built-in relationship that I have with Sam Wilson and Anthony Mackie as an actor. Like, I'm just really happy to finally see him as the leading man for something. He's yeah, he's been around forever, but almost always has been forever the bridesmaid, but never the bride in terms of leading an actual movie or a franchise. And 
as we're drifting away to like this second generation of Marvel heroes, Sam still at his core kind of feels like he's been grandfathered into that first generation because mm-hmm. he was in Winter Soldier. So he's kind of still fit in the middle there. He's not one of the newer people, at least to me. So he's still kind of got that connection. So I really, I wouldn't be surprised if the movie start to lean on him more. I know they've said going forward that Doctor Strange will be one of the characters that they really, really rely on. But I hope Sam is also one of those as well. Because I just, I'm really interested in the prospect of a regular human as Captain America. There is nothing super enhanced about Sam Wilson. Whereas Cap, obviously, the previous Cap had some special skills, so to speak. Uh, how does Sam Wilson handle that? How does a black man handle being Captain America? Now, we, obviously, we touched on that a little bit in Falcon Winter Soldier, but I would like to expand upon that more in a feature-length movie. I'm not going to lie, though. This this kind of hurts my excitement a little bit. I'm still excited for this, but it does kind of hurt my anticipation just a little bit going, okay, there's, there's other names out there, but... This guy doesn't have a big enough resume that I think it's a bad thing. I'm just more cautious than I was before. And I think that's completely fair, though, because especially like I think for for you and I, some of our favorite movies in the MCU are Captain America movies. And I think of the of the series that were on Disney Plus, Cap Cap uh captain america and and the or falcon and the winter soldier is uh is still to me one of my favorites um because of the relationship between sam and between um bucky uh so it's i'm wary and i think part of a big part of that weariness is tied into our main topic of like this this you know stay this what is it stage four you know, section four, whatever of, of, um, phase four, phase four, sorry, uh, of Marvel movies is just, it hasn't impressed me. And so like, I don't want that to now go down the line of all of my favorite characters still left in the MCU and just completely ruin them. So I, I, I feel you on the being cautious about this uh, directing announcement, but like, yeah, I, I'm hoping at the best. Uh, as usual, I will wait till a trailer or wait till you know, it really anything before I I, I have any kind of a, an opinion um, about it, a solid opinion at least, just because I don't want to get too heavy into it and try not to be negative here because I really I am excited for Sam Wilson's Captain America to be front and center. In, and not a, hey, it's Sam and his best friend Bucky, which is like something that they never did to Chris Evans. So it's, yeah, I just hope it doesn't turn into that. You know what I mean? I'm also kind of curious, and this would be the same if it was Steve Rogers or Sam Wilson of mm-hmm. where does Captain America fit in the grand scheme of the MCU right now? Because they are pretending that they're subtle, but they're really not of the MCU is going multiversal. and this Captain America especially is a very earthly protector, very human protector. So when you've got like phenomenal cosmic power of Doctor Strange or Wanda, who is absolutely not dead, no way, or a god that's traversing the universe with Thor, um, where do the human characters fit into this as we're going more cosmic and galactic or galactic? us uh where where does that leave the human characters like 
Captain America. So I, I am kind of curious about that. I do kind of wonder what the earthly plan is. Like with, mm-hmm. with Falcon and Winter Soldier, they kind of set up that Sharon might be the bad guy going forward. I'm putting it on record now that she's probably a scroll. Like that just seems like a no brainer to be, but will she come back for this Captain America movie? Will they use the multiverse to introduce Captain Hydra and use Chris, bring Chris Evans back just time as the bad guy? Um, can we bring Ooh. back Batrock the Leaper and bring back George St. Pierre because he was wasted in Winter Soldier? Um, no, wait, no, he can't. He got shot in the head in Falcon Winter Soldier. Dang it! What is with yeah, Captain yeah, America? He's like, he's like dad, dad, bro. Captain America likes to waste <laughs> villains. Looking at you, Frank Grillo's crossbones. I'm still not happy that you wasted him. Oh, um, sad day, sad day. But yeah, I, I don't really know where Captain America's place is. That being said, I'm still excited mm-hmm. for it, and a big part of that is also he has the best suit by a wide margin. That thing looks so cool. Well, and like just like the finale of uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, and is uh, like that alone was so cool. They're like, how could you just not do? I don't know. Uh, I think it, I am worried about going only cosmic because a, I think that does will like it will leave a bunch of kind of characters into the back in the background, but like also the reason Marvel has been successful up to this point has been because it's kind of grounded in some stance. And I don't know how well they're going to be able to ground Captain America in a multiverse story. So I guess we'll find out. Someone that's not grounded nor will ever be is black Adam. (laughs) Black Adam is the one that'll do the grounding. Well, as much as I'm on the fence about, Dwayne The Rock Johnson as an actor. I will never deny the man's ability to be a hype man. He comes from the world of professional wrestling, so he knows how to hype up the main event. And now Dwayne Johnson seems to be hyping up the main event to the Black Adam sequel, it feels like, because there's no way it's for the upcoming Black Adam movie, which is mm-hmm. in October, so right around the corner. Black Adam and Shazam both will be at Comic-Con, so I wouldn't be surprised in two weeks we are talking about this. But Dwayne The Rock Johnson retweeted a, or shared something on Instagram of basically someone put together the Superman logo and the Black Adam logo and was just like, oh man, I hope to see this someday. I can't wait to finally see Black Adam. And Dwayne The Rock Johnson saw it Reposter is just like, in all my years of wrestling and all the, my years being in the movie business, I've learned one thing, and that's to listen to the fans. I hear you and I see you, to which everyone's just going, oh? Now, I want to get excited, but at the same time, I feel like we have been talking about this for years now of if Superman is to show up in Black Adam, or if Henry Cavill is to show up again in the DCEU, the biggest factor for that will be Dwayne Johnson. We've been saying that for the longest time uh, because I believe they both have the same agent, if I'm not mistaken, of it's Dwayne Johnson's ex-wife, I think, or their Mm -hmm. company. So they're rep by the same company. It was like two or three years ago, like pre-pandemic, so in reality, five or seven years ago, at the rate we're going, 
uh, that Dwayne Johnson and Henry Cavill were just chilling and drinking some tequila or something in The Rock's backyard, and everyone going, oh, 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 oh. is that a thing? Is, is that a thing? So we've, we've been kind of suspicious about this for a while. I want to believe this. Like X-Files, I want to believe. I just don't know if I do yet. Also, I feel like, Josh, you and I have talked about this before. Mm-hmm. As cool as it is to see Black Adam fight Superman someday, I've, as a fan, I feel a little slighted going, that's cool, Rock, but you do realize Shazam's the one you're supposed to fight, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Shazam's your actual enemy, not Superman. Like, it, they set up Black Adam in the Shazam movie. Shazam is the movie in the DCEU that comes out next after Black Adam. Black Adam comes out in October. Shazam 2 comes out in December. You would think those movies would, you know, want to have some synergy there. But it, ever since Dwayne Johnson's been attached to it, it, it feels like his main goal is, I want to fight Superman. Shazam, you sit there and let the daddies fight. Like, I, just like, I, Black Adam and Shazam is the matchup I want to see. Which sounds weird of, I want to put Superman on the back burner for something, especially coming from me. I mm-hmm. want Henry Cavill Superman to come back and fight Black Adam. That would be cool. But Shazab should be the fight that you're promoting, not the Superman fight. Take that into consideration, but also, do you think there's any chance whatsoever of Superman making a surprise cameo in Black Adam? Or is, <coughs> or is The Rock just hyping things up? I... Okay, first of all, for Rock to say, in all my years of you know of wrestling, I've learned one thing, you know, listen to the fans. Like, really? You're talking about WWE. Royal You're Rumble twenty fifteen. Royal like, Rumble really? twenty fifteen. When you came, quote unquote, came back to help your cousin Roman Reigns, in which case it was WWE going, uh, we're in Philly and Roman's gonna get booed. The Rock will help get him over, and the crowd booed the Rock. Yes, the Rock listens to the fans. We still remember twice in a lifetime, Rock. All the non-wrestling <laughs> fans are just going, the heck are you talking Bro. about? Yeah, it's like for me, that comment was like, okay, sure. I'm gonna, Let me roll my eyes a little harder there, buddy. Um, but like, I agree. Because I think my, my, my issue here is that like, as cool as that would be, that still should be a like, hey, here is a variant comic where, you know, Black Adam happens to be, you know, going through Metropolis and has to fight Superman. It should not be. Um, hi, yes, I am uh, Black Adam and I want to fight the strongest person, uh, the next strongest person I can. Um, yes, you Superman. That'll be you. Yes, sir. Not Shazam. Shut up. Go in the corner. Uh, like, no, like that's this is supposed to be Shazam's kind of main villain so like it's very confusing to me and will continue to be confusing to me it for him to like it it would i think it'd be different if he was saying like hey let's get through these first couple movies and then we'll see what will happen but no he's like no i am doing this because i want to fight superman on screen it's like and okay cool i guess and here's the problem we're gonna run into is He's been very adamant of Black Adam is an antihero. Black Adam's an antihero. I'm going, yeah, he's definitely okay. more of a villain. But if The Rock, who like never plays the bad guy, is playing an antihero here, 
you know we're going to have a Batman versus Superman situation here of Black Adam and Superman fight against each other for a while. Because The Rock doesn't lose, it'll be a draw, or heaven forbid Black Adam wins because it's his movie. They'll realize we just have different methods of doing the same war, and then they'll team up to fight like Mongol and Brainiac or something like that. They will work together. I don't want Black Adam and Superman to work together. I want Superman to kick Black Adam's ass because that's how that goes. Because The Rock... I hate that The Rock doesn't lose in movies. It's stupid. I Not just The Rock. I hate that this is a common thing with action movies nowadays of, all right, I got it in my contract. I don't lose. I will take a certain amount of punches. The Rock, Jason Statham, Big Daddy Diesel. Like, give me a John Wick where he just gets bashed his brains in. It's yeah. glorious because he still keeps getting up. Or the John, well, old school John McClane, not new school John McClane where he basically <laughs> gets shot by a tank and just brush it off like John Cena. I want yeah. The Rock to get just smashed. I rock smash. Bit of a stretch there. I, I worry that... It's clever in time. Wait, no. Hold yes. On. <laughs> I'm, I'm worried that they'll be like, I just want Black Adam and Superman to shake hands by the end of him going, that's no, thank you. Um, yeah. As you know, like to me, look, not all fan ideas are great ideas. And I say this as a fan. Yeah. We've you had, we've I, had some yeah. that we know. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, Oh yeah, that would be really cool. But like in the scheme of things, it doesn't make sense. Um, to me, it needs to happen exactly how it does in that animated movie where, you know, Superman is getting his butt kicked and Shazam has to come take down Shaz- uh, Black Adam because magic, that has to be a thing. Freaking magic. How does it work? I don't know, man. I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm just, I don't want, I feel like Shazam always plays said second fiddle and I don't want that to happen here. So switching from DC back to Marvel, we've got what I feel like is probably one of the worst kept secrets right now. And that is that Charlie Clark, Charlie, Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio will be returning as Matt Murdock and Kingpin again. But this time they'll be reappearing in the upcoming Echo series on Disney+. Plus. Now, these rumors started circulating basically as soon as the Echo series was announced mm-hmm. for Disney+, Plus, getting spun out of Hawkeye. Uh, supposedly, Echoes was a bit of a controversial character in Hawkeye. Like, I was saying quite a bit of negativity towards the character. I really did not mind her. I thought she was really, really cool. That being said, am I interested in an Echo show? No. No. Not particularly. <laughs> I thought she was very cool, but not every cool thing that happens in a movie or TV show needs elaboration. Isn't that right, Star Wars and or Marvel? Um, I don't know. I, I'm just not excited for this. However, I feel like this is the back door to more Daredevil stuff. Because we've heard forever that mm-hmm. they're going to reboot Daredevil either on Disney Plus or the theatrical sense. Um, I think this also kind of puts to bed that the Netflix versions were a different universe and the ones we're getting in the mcu will just kind of be variants of that especially Mm -hmm. seeing how kingpin was utilized in hawkeye of started off good and then you and i both complained about it before of kate bishop was able to beat kingpin like nothing um weird like 
I'm I might give this one a chance, like the first episode or two, and if it really hooks me, I'll keep watching it. But I don't know. Echo as a character seems okay, but it, it never felt like I needed more of this. This just feels yeah. like this feels like a well, we gotta do this so we can bring in Daredevil, Kingpin, potentially Electra, and some other people. There's also talk, supposedly, that when Daredevil shows up in this one, he'll have a different costume than the Netflix one. He'll have, like, a black and red suit, to which I'm going... Down? I'm down with the black no. and red. No, 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 so no, that no, way, no, So no, that way, he can no. have the yellow suit in his own no. standalone show later down the road. And also, no. once we get past the yellow and then the black and the red, Josh and I can agree, somewhere in the middle, that... When he gets a classic red suit again, this time in the MCU, can it please God be better than the Netflix one? Because his, like, quote-unquote, final form in the Daredevil show, I actually thought was a huge step down from his stealthy ninja look. I thought that yeah. looked so much cooler. And then going, oh, you're just another one of those generic Kevlar-equipped superhero outfits that every other MCU yeah. hero has. So, like... Got a little more spandexy up in the MCU, please. Yes, please. Um, yeah, worth kept secret. Um, but I also didn't they like announce Daredevil's show like a few weeks ago? I thought I don't know officially, but I do know that the uh, the Netflix Daredevils are not available on the Disney Plus app in the in the states because I literally just looked last week, and it's not there. I'm gonna check right now. Do it. Um, but yeah, like worst kept secret, of course. And I love how at the end of, uh, of Hawkeye, they have the gun go off and we're all like, oh yeah, Kingpin's probably dead. Ha 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 ha. Like, no, like, shut up. That's not, that's not the case at all. Um, but yeah, so it's, uh, to me, it feels cheap to the character of Echo to only use that character's show as a backdoor to get everybody else involved. Like also you spend a decent amount of time in the Hawkeye show giving us her origin. So, like... Yeah, what you talking about? It's definitely on Disney+. Plus. What in the world? I literally looked last week. I'm looking at it right now. TVMA. Maybe it's just, like, by state or something. I don't know. Or maybe I what? need to go in and... I, I do. They do that. They do that. Don't don't need, don't play. I, may, I, I do know I need to go in and, and look at my my parental settings which is a weird thing to say <laughs> Maybe out loud. that's why it's not it might be up. that but like i feel like it would still show up but, but like then be like no sorry you can't that's a no-go on that one um so I'll, I'll have to go in and look at that but still yeah worst kept secret like of course charlie if, if they go through with this being an echo show you've been charlie, charlie cock boxed of course he's going to show up of course vincent's going to be especially vincent of course he's going to be there like that makes no sense for him to not be there so i don't know man we'll we'll see what happens i hope they don't ever go with the yellow suit um they will at no, some they, point no and you I'm, will love it. it i will literally like puke if that happens like yeah and it'll, it'll show, show up, up on, on the, the daredevil suit because it's that color <laughs> dang it because <laughs> it's not uh, like a know. reverse flash yellow it's like a mustard yellow that's and also, what, like, how does that make it better? <laughs> okay, Josh, you cannot give like apparel advice when you root for the Vomit Sunset Astros, who like hold the record for the worst-looking uniform of all time. <laughs> um, if I have any complaint though so far about how Daredevil and Kingpin have been utilized in the MCU, it's 
I was a little disappointed to see Kingpin being the size of a regular human being. Like, I don't need him to be into the Spider-Verse chunk boy. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. I would like him to be at least slightly larger and not just, oh, I'm on vacation from the Everglades. Like, yeah, oh, gosh, I hated it. And like, and maybe, maybe it was the expectation of like, oh, yeah, like we're going to get Vincent D'Onofrio's. He's going to put here. Bishop through head he, through a door. He literally, but like literally, like that's the expectation when you bring the same actors in, or, or you know, like that. And like he was definitely, they definitely went with a normal height for him. Even though I swear in the Daredevil show, he they like actively make him taller than everyone, and that is part of the thing that makes him so scary. Um, is nobody can look him in the eye, but. It is what it is. I, it's, but uh, for him to be kind of half taken out by a girl who is, as much as I love Kate, she's not like she's not Daredevil. She's not Hawkeye. Like she should not have been able to. So I don't know. It kind of makes so like if Daredevil ever gets his butt beat with with, with Vincent's um, Kingpin having no like augmentation of any sort, kind of makes Daredevil look like really weak. And yeah. So we'll see what happens, you know. So moving from Marvel now to Bond, the franchise is going to outlive us all someday, primarily just because <laughs> just regenerates like Doctor Who. Yeah. Wait a second. Stop. So, so supposedly <laughs> we're still a few years off from getting any new James Bond castings or whatever else. They said they won't start filming for at least another two years, and the people that own the the Bond IP, the Broccoli family, actually, is the name. No, uh, that's not. No, that okay, is their go, name. I gotta Google that. Barbara Broccoli. No. <laughs> Barbara Broccoli is the person that owns James Bond. But they've said they're not going to be beginning filming for the next James Bond for a while. And when they do, the next James Bond will be a quote-unquote reinvention of the character. Which, I'll be honest... Is probably for the best. There's a lot of stuff about James Bond. Josh realized it. <laughs> I, I just Googled it. Yeah, it's it's broccoli. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> All right. So anyway, <laughs> how they have not made a VeggieTales James Bond yet and have someone literally named Barbara Broccoli and being the greatest inside joke of all time is beyond me. But oh, it's because somebody else owns VeggieTales now. But anyway, we don't we don't talk about the downfall of VeggieTales and quality. It was like yeah. a freaking nosedive. <laughs> That's such a niche topic, though. Um, <laughs> all right, guys, the discussion today is the downfall of the modern social economic climate after the fall of VeggieTales. Oh my gosh! Uh, but like, but, I on a side note, quick, and we'll get back to Bond. I blame VeggieTales for my love of puns. Like my dad did puns and all that. But like, you can't be- tell me that you didn't watch. VeggieTales as a child and not walk away with like the, a love of puns because that is most of that show. <laughs> anyway. James Bond's daughter might have watched VeggieTales but I don't think the new Probably Bond will not. have a daughter as once again we said that Bond will be quote unquote reinvented this next incarnation whenever he regenerates like Doctor Who. I know it just made that joke but I don't care. Um, I think this is good. I know some people would be mad about it. It's like, there's certain things about James Bond you just don't change. He's iconic. Some things about Bond you probably could change. Let's 
let's maybe tone down the womanizing. Just just a little bit. Maybe like one move one woman per movie. Just just, just a little bit. Just a little. Please. Maybe just one woman per movie. That's okay. <laughs> That's fine. Maybe don't just, you know, kill them for motivation for your next for couple Bond. movies. Or let's let's not kill them off before we even properly introduce them with a name. Let's let's just treat women better in the Bond movies. No, what a what no, a crazy no, 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 idea. No. Now, that being said, Bond should not be a woman. I know there's this whole freak out of when there's like 007's a woman in No Time to Die, which was true. But we were just like, yeah, no, 007 is different than Bond. 007 mm -hmm. is a designation. If y'all mm -hmm. remember, before Casino Royale, he wasn't a double O. He had to earn the double O status. So the double O part doesn't bother me. However, the Broccoli family has said, no, Bond will never be a woman. Mm -hmm. That part is just locked to the character. It maybe toned down the womanizing, though. Um, I will be very curious to see what this quote unquote reinvention is. Um, because Bond has always kind of been reflected of the era that they are presented in, especially with the General Craig ones. They started off feeling like Bourne movies because Bourne had come out a few years before mm -hmm. that. Um, the Pierce Brosnan era was the big bombastic con air slash face off era of like the big, huge, epic nonsensical action movies uh so what the current landscape for action movies is i don't know how that would look for bond but maybe like a john wick style bond i could get on board with um josh when you hear reinvention of bond what do you think i just think of like okay so we have to give credit where credit is due because the daniel craig bonds have definitely gone a long way especially with each iteration into kind of reinventing a little bit adding a little bit of realism making him just a little bit less of a of a womanizer um but even in no time to die when he has yeah. a kid he's still hitting on on the armas i'm going i know it's on the armas but you have a kid and a <laughs> wife come on now man i know i don't know but like for the most part, they tone it down for him quite a bit. So, I mean, and to you got like, I'm going to give credit where credit is due, you know, because Daniel Craig's bond to me is the bond that I grew up with. So, like, that's the only bond I really know. And like having seen some of the, the past stuff, like, yeah, it makes sense. He's definitely they've definitely tried to change him and reinvent and kind of move him and bond into a, a different kind of uh, character than what the like. Daniel Craig's Bond is completely different from Sean Connery's Bond, if we're being honest, like, it, which is crazy because that's that's not really that many amount that many years removed uh, from that. It, it, it's like thirty to forty years, but okay. Yeah, but like that's, that's not, not that, that many. many. That's not long that's not than that Josh many. has been alive. <sighs> anyway, so uh, <laughs> Josh uh, is getting up there. Yeah, I am. I, I gotta love it. But like, I think the reinvention is ha a. Who's going to play B? How do you change that? Cause like if, if they do reflect the action movies of our time, I think the weird thing is that action movies are still very, like they're varied John wick. Yes. To me, 
is like the peak uh, action movie right now. I think that is the ones that we, they should all strive for. But like Jason Statham is still making, you know, those movies that he makes. And I say that like that, but like, I'm like, I don't watch every single one he, he's in. I say, I Josh, love those you movies. could probably quote crank to us right now. Gosh, this is so great. Such a great movie. Anyway, um, transporter is not even his best work. Anyway. Um, I can't believe it. I'm not going to go on a Jason Statham rant. Um, but I think that's what's what's going to be interesting, especially in the the day and age of like expendables and like knowing and like uh, MMA is is more broadly available to people. I think there would be there's a really there could be potentially a really fun, interesting way to now mesh the worlds of like James Bond, John Wick. I'm not saying like character wise i'm saying like thematically and stylistically wise like it could be very very interesting and like maybe dipping a couple toes into kingsman like that kind of style could be a lot of fun and i think kingsman goes a long way of showing like how you can do gadgets in a fun and different way and i don't i i would love to get a bond that does get back to go to like cool fun little gadgets yeah it's funny you bring up kingsman because i was going to say i could see Matthew Vaughn doing a James mm-hmm. Bond movie. I would like Absolutely. it more if it was a few years ago, if he hadn't done <laughs> the Kingsman sequels and the prequel. Uh, but he he seems tied up with Kingsman. He, I think he's doing yet another one. I'm going, are you are you sure you want to do this? Um, yeah, director, I'm not sure. I know Christopher Nolan has wanted to do a Bond movie forever, but, and I, I say this in the nicest way possible. Christopher Nolan movies aren't fun enough to be Bond. Bond needed a little bit of fun, and mm-hmm. I don't think of fun when I think of Nolan. I think of really good, excellent, well-made movies, but not fun popcorn movies like what Bond's supposed to be. Yeah, and also, I, I think yeah. I'm sorry. I, I I think if if it was Inception, Christopher Nolan, I'd be more on board. But like because agreed. of all the stuff that he's made since then, mm, I don't know about that. My question has also been ever since No Time to Die came out, and spoiler alert for No Time to Die, people, they pretty definitively end the Daniel Craig story for Bond. Where do we go for Bond in terms of, like, do we bring back Ray Fiennes' M? Do we bring back Q? Or do we recast those and just, like, blank slate everything? Because in years Mm -hmm. past, we've recasted the Bond but everyone else around him, for the most part, kind of stays the same. Like, um, Judy Dench stayed on as M for a while. So do we keep that cast or do we start completely fresh? I'm, I'm fine either way. I think it's easier if we start completely fresh because it'd be more jumping through hoops of, well... How do we have this bond now? Because it might contradict something mm-hmm. else. In which case, we would bring up the great question that we'll be pondering until it finally gets answered. Who is the next bond? If this was 15 years ago, my top choice would have been Idris Elba in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. But he's too old to lead a franchise. I think if we were starting with an older Bond, maybe. But this is a franchise they want to get some longevity out of. It is the Tom Holland Uncharted effect of they want multiple movies out Mm -hmm. of this. They want to milk this as a long-term franchise. So you got to look at a younger actor. Um, I could see Tom Hiddleston absolutely as a frontrunner. 
Uh, I both would love and hate Henry Cavill as James Bond. I think he'd be a perfect choice, but I would hate it because he might be too busy for some other things. Um, I know there's an actor from Bridgerton that has been like the surprisingly Vegas betting odds, which I'm just going, who who has Vegas betting odds for the next Bond? And how do we get in on that? Um, <laughs> it's like Rege... Rege... Ray J, whatever. Ray I'm, I'm, Ray J, uh, Dude, we, this, this is the episode Bridgerton, of live Googling. Ray J. Ray J. Ray J. Jean Page. Yeah, he's 34. He's like the top pick for a lot of people right now. I'm going, I'm going to trust your judgment, people, because I will never watch Bridgerton, and I don't know if I'm going to watch the Dungeons and Dragons movie he's got coming up. Um, mm, yeah, we'll see. There's, There's... I don't have a name specifically. Mm-hmm. I got some names that I don't want. Um, don't give me Taron Edgerton, please. As much as I love Eggsy, just doesn't fit. Don't give me Daniel Radcliffe. And I know there's some people out there that'll probably want Daniel Radcliffe. Rupert Grint as Bond. Make it happen, you cowards. Ginger Bond. Lastly, for our news is we have a confirmed release date, <laughs> barring any, you know. Unforeseen circumstances that pushes back major blockbusters a few couple of years, but uh, let's hope that doesn't yeah. happen again, ever, ever again. Godzilla vs. Kong, the sequel, will be coming to a theater near you March 15th, 2024, and it might not be the movie you're expecting, or it might be the movie you're exactly expecting. Uh, it seems like this movie is going to be set in present time, which I was not expecting. Um, this is, again, just speculation for right now. We don't have that much, like, actual evidence as to what will be happening with this movie in terms of, like, plotline. But supposedly, we will get the rematch of the century between Godzilla versus Kong with potentially Kong's son being involved. Son of Kong. Anybody that knows wrestling will know. The rematch is always harder to sell to audiences than the original. Like you you've got to you've got to tell us why we should care this time around because I was rooting for Harry Cheeks the first time around even though I knew he had no chance of winning. Um Godzilla pretty definitively won as he should. Godzilla should beat just about everyone. Um So I don't really know why I should care about a sequel, unless it was the storyline that I had heard might be the case, but it doesn't seem like it is now, in which case the Godzilla vs. Kong sequel wouldn't have been a sequel, but a prequel about the first time that the Godzilla people and the Kong people, for lack of a better term, squared off. Because in Godzilla vs. Kong, it was hinted at that there's like some ancient rivalry between the two of those. I would have loved to see prehistoric Kong versus prehistoric Godzilla more so than a current one. That being said, Godzilla versus Kong was one of those movies that really helped the box office coming out of the pandemic. It was the one movie more than anything else because people knew it was a spectacle movie that you had to go to see in the theaters, not just, you know. Watch it on HBO Max because that was such a genius plan. Thanks, Jason Clark. I'm glad you're fired. Uh, but Josh, how excited are you for a Godzilla vs. Kong sequel? And what is this 
something you're excited for setting it in a modern day? No, <laughs> I can't say it's, I'm really not. Uh, I think a big part of that is just because of the way that they end the, um, the one that we, we got, uh, primarily just because like, like, yes, Godzilla won, but because of the events of the end of the movie, they kind of leave on good terms and so to speak. So it's like, oh, okay, cool. So what are we going to have a miscommunication about now? Oh, okay. And then, like, also, in order for Kong to have a son, um, doesn't there have to be another, like, another, like, Lady Kong? And how is that going to look? And I really don't want to imagine it, and I don't want that to be a thing. I also am in your and in, in the corner with you. No, done. No, thank you. I do not. Mm-mm. And so, because then also, does that mean that Kong's not around? Because if like, if it's just his son fighting no, no, Godzilla, it would, it would be him. Like that, yeah. Because I, just, there's a lot of like questions. I think I have more concerning questions than I do um, excitement for anything that's that the about this story that they're pitching here. Um, don't care about a rematch. I would much prefer if they teamed up. But you know, Kong whatever, rides dude. on I'd the see. back of Godzilla like a like piggyback ride into battle with his battle. Act. I joke. But if there's a shot in this movie <laughs> where Kong is riding on the back of a nuclear Godzilla with the battle axe while Godzilla is breathing the nuclear fire, I'm not going to lie. You'll have my money because that just sounds cool. Or son of Kong, just, cool. just son of Kong riding in a battle with like metal armor of like a mecha son of Kong. Because when the great thing is when it comes to Godzilla and Kong, you could just throw action words together and it probably has been a movie in the franchise at some point or another. Like True. Super Mecha Hero Godzilla versus Nanobot Kong. Like, I don't know, that probably got made at some point. Just throw in random sci-fi gargly gook and it's it could make sense in Godzilla versus Kong. Bring back Mothra. I know Mecha King Ghidorah is a thing, so... Mecha King Ghidorah? Or, you know. <laughs> so they're like, oh, yeah, so Mecha Godzilla uh, didn't work. So let's go with the next, like the next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. they just keep making like Mecha versions of, of, oh my gosh, a Mecha invasion. Let's go. And so then the only the thing. thing, the only thing that can stop them is Godzilla teaming up with Kong. Teaming up with the freaking Jaegers from Pacific Rim. I refuse to let that die. That's a crossover we need. Come on now. I need I need a Jaeger to punch a kaiju in the face. They'll turn a pivot after getting punched. Only get fire blasted by Godzilla and an uppercut by Kong. Come on. That sounds awesome. Better yet, a Jaeger riding on the back of Godzilla to battle with Charlie Hunnam. We will avenge the death of Luther. It was Luther. No, Luther's another Idris Elba character. Um, Stacker Pentecost, the greatest name ever for a hero. It's such a cool last name, bro. Like, you can't even deny. I'm with you. Like, at this point, Pacific like... Pacific Rim Godzilla could... crossover, dang it! <laughs> you could literally do anything else except for the story that they, they, they pitched, and I would be down. I just, I don't know, bro. Like... I'm fine, but like with with like the stories, but I just 
you know, we'll see what happens, I guess. I I would prefer it not to be like, oh, well, here we just uh, he was went back down to his home in the like the other dimension, the, the subterranean levels and okay. found another uh, found a living ape. But I, I like, would love it if the whole movie took place in that subterranean level of like oh yeah there's no rules there just make up whatever you feel like and just like any other godzilla or kong movie you just replace the human characters and pretend the other ones never existed just go that's oh, a new it's a new batch of uh food i mean humans just go it's you just gotta be some generic dude uh I, but make it in that whole subterranean area that could be fun um maybe some flashbacks to when godzilla and kong first meet the first time thousands of years ago I'd also be down for that, please. How was the battle axe formed? Like, clearly Kong won at some point. So, mm-hmm. also, like, how did the Kong people construct that cave? Because there's clearly, like, some, like, handmade stuff. So, <gasps> Kong teams up with Donkey Kong. And Godzilla teams up with Bowser. It's secretly a Mario crossover. Chris Pratt comes in and saves the day at the end. It's all connected, man. It's all connected. It's a Super Smash Brothers prequel. <laughs> but it's like it's not like the Mar- the Mario Brothers Chris Pratt. It's the Jurassic World Chris Pratt. And he and tries like, to do the hand thing to Godzilla. Gosh guys stop yes and like god dude and if they make godzilla obey it like i would literally die laughing like that is like still less dumb than jurassic world on that note this episode is sponsored by t public your one-stop shop for all things uncharted media merch whether it's t-shirts uh hoodies notepads stickers whatever you want with the uncharted media logos or designs that we've got on the shop go check it out support the show and if you haven't already subscribed to us on whatever audio platform you listen to it's on roads itunes spotify google podcast youtube and if you haven't already subscribed to us on youtube help us get to 700 subscribers before the end of the year so we can moving on to our discussion topic um talk about jar jar talk about no. jar jar <laughs> no no dark jar jar I'll, I'll sabotage my own channel so don't talk about dark jar jar <laughs> well speaking of sabotage the mcu continues to put out movies whether they think it's a good idea or not um i don't want to be too harsh but at the same time this is the day that josh has been waiting for he has been like rocky four he has been scared Scaling mountains on all fours, prepping for this moment to just go, oh, and he's leaving the headset to not even hear this build up. So we're just going to talk about whatever Josh wants. We're just going to crap on Josh while he's not on headset. And that is why Josh is just the worst. (laughs) You're still muted. Yeah, no, I know. Sorry, 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 sorry. (laughs) Lucy came over and was like, hey. I know you're doing something, but I want to say hi. I'm like, that's great, baby. I appreciate that. But you're clickety-clacky. You just can't be on the mic. Um, I, was, I was hyping you up, Josh. I'm going, this is the moment. Like, Rocky Four, you're climbing up the mountain on all fours, prepping for the day that we have a discussion where we don't like Marvel stuff. And in which case, even I, its staunchest defender, no longer have the staunch in me and go... Yeah, F this. Let's go. Let's let's let it all burn down. For the first time in MCU history, we've got more bad stuff than good stuff in a phase. And I will put that on record. Yeah. 
it sucks, dude. Like, it really makes me sad because this is like, I don't, I want to make sure that everybody knows this is not a seat. This is not a thing that I hate. I, I love Marvel movies. I love that comic book movies are a thing in pop culture now that like people are, it's okay to be a nerd now. Like absolutely. And a lot of large part of that has to do with um, Marvel movies becoming popular. But unfortunately, everything that I said when the that first or first second phase was done all of my concerns are coming true in phase 4 all of my concerns are coming true and i uh, that is not a good thing i'm very like there's almost a moment of panic of of like no like this is not this is not the the company that that we thought was untouchable we thought they they could only make gold cuz i mean even even as much as I hate Civil War, it's not a bad movie. Oh, we're getting I, that on the record. Yeah. So I just, I'm really like, so let's go ahead and get into this. Cause like, I, I, I'm really, I just wanted to make sure that it was known that this is not coming from like a, ha yes, they're failing like standpoint, because I think without Marvel, DC isn't as big anymore either. I don't think we get a lot of like the really fun comics stories that we're getting these days. So like, let's like absolutely sad about this. I, I just want to make sure that's clear before I absolutely destroy this phase verbally. <laughs> yeah. We're also going to try and figure out what the hiccup has been. Cause like, it's been pretty noticeable after Endgame of stuff is just not consistent. So, And I think there's a lot of factors to it. So we're going to try and get to the bottom of it. And also, because we're not negative people entirely, we're going to try and offer up some solutions of, okay, how do we get this train back on the tracks before it crashes in the mm -hmm. nearby village and kills all the small children? Um I think Agreed. one of the biggest problems, although Josh obviously wants to steer a train into small children, uh, obviously one of the big problems with the <laughs> MCU right now is quantity over quality. I think Disney Plus has been both a blessing and a curse for the MCU. Like, yeah, you've got the opportunity to tell more stories than ever before. But you're telling more stories than ever before. And back in the day yes. when Kevin Feige would have two, maybe three projects a year to worry about, he has probably two or three times that now. And whereas he could be directly involved with every project and be like, mm, this isn't working or this needs to tie in more to a future thing. It feels like he's he's stretched too thin now. Mm -hmm. And I feel like his direct influence is not as apparent anymore. Um, and when you're stretching yourself so thin and going with quantity over quality, you're going to suffer in a lot of aspects, storytelling, but most notably it's come into the headlines a lot lately. And this was almost a news topic in and of itself is visual effects. Anybody at home noticing lately that MCU movies, the CG kind of looks terrible. Well, supposedly <laughs> it's because Marvel is terrible to work for. There's a big post going on i think it was from one of the major trades like the hollywood reporter or deadline that was yeah. basically saying how a whole bunch of cg artists don't want to work for marvel anymore because the conditions are so bad of the reason why cg looks so bad in marvel movies is the poor cg artists have like no time to turn stuff around and get stuff done to the degree that it should be done which is why stuff doesn't look so great 
And when it looks bad, people immediately assume it's the CG artist's fault and not, you know, mm-hmm. they had a day to do stuff. Uh, it's Thor Love and Thunder has been coming under a lot of flack lately. Um, unfortunately, some of that flack is coming from people involved with the movie, which I'm not a huge fan of. There's like one of those like, oh, check out this fun, quirky interview with director Taika Waititi and star Tessa Thompson as they break down a scene. And they're openly mocking some of the CG in the movie. I'm going, you're the one with final say on this movie, Taika. You can't mock your CG when you're the one that has to approve everything. Um, yeah. But also with Thor Love and Thunder, this isn't a spoiler here. When a character, well, okay, we'll just say it now because it's in the trailers. When Jane Foster becomes Thor, the first time you see it isn't in the movie. It was a scene that they cut out because the CG wouldn't be done in time, to which I'm just going, so why can't we push movies back in anymore to meet a certain deadline? And here's where I bring old tried and true back to the table. <laughs> Curse you, Bob Chapin! Yeah, like that. There's like this is. Oh, there's that no good. way that this is what I should have been bringing about two weeks ago when I got to complain about him. This, it's clearly Chapin's fault. Like the CG was okay before with Iger, but Iger cared about quality over quantity as he churned out a whole bunch of MCU stuff. But with the rise of Disney Plus, again, Kevin Feige's not the one in charge of everything. Now, he reports to different management who sees things differently. I think because he's not an artistic person or a good person or a smart person or an intelligent or creative person, Chapek doesn't know what bad CG is. He, or worse yet, he thinks his audience can't tell. It'll be like, oh, that looks sellable. Go release it. Like, it, stuff's just getting cranked out, and I think he cares more about the results, because, God, I love bashing Chapek on random stuff that he probably has no influence on whatsoever, but I'm going to blame it on him anyway. Uh, it, it, But you really can pinpoint, when did Marvel CG get bad? Mm-hmm. Same time the bald man took over. Uh, No offense, Josh. Yeah, it's fine. Um, And I think, like, I the, when it comes to the VS, VFX stuff, like, it's important to note 85 to 95 percent of the time you you do not notice when vfx is there because it is doing its job it is the like 10 15 percent of when something is off then you notice so just like what i agree like there has been a decline i'm i'm uh definitely like wary of saying like no it's bad cg now like blah 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 because like Guys, we had CGI in like the '90s, and that was really, really bad. But yeah, it's not the CG; I, it's the time that it's, they're given to it. Correct. No, no, no. I agree, and I, I think like the amount of time I think that goes into a lot of these shots and how long it takes to get the quality of what we we need, like that is expected. I don't think we as the audience are very like informed as far as like how long does it take to get a perfect CG shot guys it doesn't take a week it does it, it might take two to three a 30 second shot could take a month long to to to, to make sure is correct because yeah I, there's so many things that have to happen and like i just I, I will defend the effects artists to my death especially with like all the stuff that corridor crew has shown and it's like like this is not an easy job this is not something that you just can move things in places and if you're just incompetent and stupid then it looks bad 
Like that's not the case at all. Like most, almost like 95% of the time of CGI, it's because the, the artist did not have enough time to turn things over. So it's, there is definitely that with that in mind. Um, why would, uh, why would VFX artists not have enough time? Um, maybe because there's, there's like a budget cut or like, um, I don't know, somebody is all about saving money instead of spending it. Um, for the first time, you know what? Yeah. I'm, I'm saying Bob Chapek absolutely has a hand in this. And Welcome no, to the party, pal. <laughs> there's, there's a visible, I will look, I completely agree. There's a visible, visible decline in quality. Um, just the moment that he took over, because it, to me, you have to pay the, to pay these people. And, I I, to, I don't understand, and again, this is like the difference between Chapek and I. Um, two bald men do not think alike. The only difference between Chapek is about fifty million dollars. I, I mean, there's that too. Uh, <laughs> but like to me, if I want something to look good, I trust the artists and give them the time that they need. So I'm I'm very curious if. But this, see, this you are an artist time. and a creative person, not a cynic yes, and a correct. statistic. In other words, yes. So I, I the thing that that worries me is that I I, I think the, I, I haven't read the article. I need to, so I don't know if the VFX artists are saying like it has always been crap to work for, or if if it's just recently, because I I, I definitely can see. VFX artist trying to be like, hey, yo, like we're working our hardest out here and the internet's still bashing us, and that's not fair to us because we're under unrealistic time streams and we're getting our budget cuts and all this stuff. So I, I definitely I think there's qu- there's a quantity over quality situation going on right now, and there's there's no way like Kevin Feige, there's a lot he he cares too much about this product for him to just release bad stuff. And to to his credit, we haven't had any anything until the phase 4 that has been just awful uh story-wise. So to his credit, like I don't think the problem is Kevin because he's not the thing that's changed. There's no way that this is like Kevin being like, "Oh man, we just can't get our ducks in a row even though we've done that for 20 years like there's no way that 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 that, that's the case to me it's also i'm glad you brought up story quantity over quality in the storytelling department too it's not just the cg um yeah it's weird to me that you could almost like put it by the book every single time lately with the marvel disney plus stuff of oh man it starts off so good and then episode four happens and the wheels start falling off and we realize, mm-hmm. oh, crap, we only have an episode or two left. And the finale craps the bed every single time. I can't think of a single truly excellent MCU Disney Plus show that like the finale really knocked it out of the park every single time they've dropped the ball. But then when you flip yeah. it to the movies, the movies used to be good to great. Now... I have a hard time getting excited for Marvel movies because they've become so spotty from forgettable to downright bad. Like Black Widow, not bad, but really, really forgettable. And there's a lot of weird story elements to it that I'm just like, there's some choices in this that I think are rather bizarre. Um, Eternals. I get that they wanted to try something new. 
But at the same time, it, it never felt like a Marvel movie. It felt like an art mm-hmm. house movie that realized really late into the game, oh yeah, we have to be connected to the MCU somehow. So uh, let's just ADR some lines in to give it some loose connection. Now, don't get me wrong. Not all of Phase 4 has been a drizzling turd. Mm-hmm. We have arguably two of the shiniest beacons in the entire MCU so far in this phase with No Way Home and Shang-Chi, which y'all, mm-hmm. I know we're bashing on Phase 4, on Phase, <laughs> Phase 4. I am gonna stick uh... with that. Uh, I know we're all kind of down on that, but we really need to give as much respect to Shang-Chi as humanly possible so it doesn't get lost in full because that movie is magnificent. I absolutely love Shang-Chi so much. I think Shang-Chi also fixes the problem that we've had, even kind of dating back to Phase 3 a little bit, of introducing a new character that I actually like as much as one of the original characters. I think mm-hmm. with Phase 1, say what you about the quality movies at times, they got they did a very good job of getting you to care about these new people that we're introducing. Captain America, Iron Man, Thor. We cared about these people. And at times, these new characters, I don't always gravitate to. Maybe they're not written as well. They're not as presented as interestingly. Shang-Chi, on the flip side, I immediately gravitated towards this guy of going, you're just believable and likable. And also humble uh ivan who was on the show uh maybe about a month or two ago he brought up a great point of shang chi is humble he doesn't act like he knows every situation he's willing to learn he's not ever going to be the most powerful hero in the room and he's totally okay with that which i think goes a long way then you get no way home which i've already put on the record of it's my favorite mcu movie and it probably always will be because it's it's the spider-man i've always loved then you get to Thor, Love, and Thunder. I get that the Marvel movies have had humor, and this is the first out-and-out comedy. But in order for a movie to be comedy, it has to be funny. And I was in a packed theater, and I would say about half the jokes landed, and that's being generous. And I, So much of it fell flat. I think the funniest part of Thor Love and Thunder was a moment that a crash happens and someone wasn't expecting it. So they start laughing and it was the case of they themselves had the giggles. And so the whole theater was laughing at that person not being able to hold in their laughter longer than they should have. I'm just like, are you kidding me? Like, seriously, it wasn't even that funny, but you're funny because of it. I think they're and with Thor Love and Thunder, I won't dip into spoilers here for the people that haven't seen it yet. There's a lot of choices that are made in it that I'm just going from a story sense. I don't know if this really lines up with everything we've been told about the characters, not just Thor, but other ones so far. It doesn't really match pre-existing stuff. It doesn't even fit within its own movie. It's it's trying to be funny, but at the same time, it forgets you need to be serious at times. If you're going a mile a minute with the laughs, you're going to get tired easier and it's tiring watching thor love and thunder i get humor subjective but i think there's this oversight lately because we've been stretched so thin with quantity over quality of okay maybe maybe reel it back in some aspects i get that kevin feige's trying to give the directors more hands-on stuff but maybe they maybe they need a little more 
help. And so I, I brought up with Shang-Chi of it's great to have a new character that I really, really loved because by and large, it's like Marvel took the lid off their toy box and just dumped it on the ground. And that's phase four because as much as Josh and I, though, the comics, it is frustrating having so many new characters and trying to keep up and care about them with how many they throw at us. Like, mm -hmm. that we've introduced more characters in Phase 4 than we did in the first two phases of the MCU combined. But they're not sticking as much, I don't think. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, I think the... I'm going to give... I, I don't want to go go too hard on Taika's shoulders here because he does have a film filmography that like I would say 90% of them absolutely smack. They're all good movies. Um I think to me the the thing that seems to be happening in phase four is Marvel, probably JPEG, being like hey, we're going to do a solely this genre movie. We're going to do solely this genre. So, like, just to kind of be like, oh, they've never done this, this one before, blah, 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 um, so that they can, like, spread their wings a little. And if anything, I can totally see somebody in that boardroom being like, hey, we haven't done a solely comedic film. Let's do that. Uh, do we know what the, the script for Love and Thunder is going to be? Yeah. Okay, well, um, let's just uh, cut it down a little bit so that it's it's more of a comedy than it is anything else. Um, so, and we still have Taika doing it, so obviously it'll be hilarious. Uh, I, I am curious as to how much of the reins were actually given to Taika and how much were, uh, especially in the writing, um, how much was taken away from him. Um so we'll see. I, I, I don't think there's ever going to be a time that we'll know that for sure. Uh, but it's, I, I think Love and Thunder is a very interesting case study as well as um, Multiverse of Madness. Because oh, to me, I forgot about that movie. I know. So the, the, the I didn't like is, it. I think I'm going to go back. I need to go back and rewatch um, just so that now the version of the movie that is not matching with the um, the marketing campaign is out of my head. That way I can go see it as the movie that it is and not as what the marketing campaign said it was um, and see if I still enjoy it. Because I think there's still parts of it that I would absolutely love, especially from as a horror fan. Um, that being said, the movie does something that you and I have already complained about is that it dumps a bunch of characters at you and expects you to know. Now, if you only started watching superhero films when the Marvel Cinematic Universe came into it, came in, you would have no clue who Reed, Reed Richards is and why you should be excited. And he's just like there. my mom. For, yeah. So it, it is kind of like it felt like a woo. And like, I guess if you've kind of paid attention, you kind of know who, who Professor X is. But like at the same time, like it just kind of threw some stuff at, at the audience and was like, guys, look, see, you get the references. Yeah. Okay, cool. Ha 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 ha. We don't, but so we don't got to explain anything. Uh, yeah. We don't have to like explain how, uh, where black bolt comes from and why it's kind of crazy to see that actor reprise that role. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, they did that thing where they kind of did in, um, in no way home but did it to the effect of like 
it didn't mean anything either. Like as much as I loved seeing John Krasinski as Reed Richards, the kind Mom's of spaghetti. Kind, like it's kind of my same opinion as uh, Charlie Cox's first debut as uh, as um, oh geez Matt Murdock. Yeah, I don't know why Bruce Banner was in my head, but um, yes, Charlie Cox is the new Daredevil. <laughs> I mean, why? I, and Mark Ruffalo yeah, is the new Daredevil. Yeah, okay. I was like, I mean, he is Daredevil, but okay. Um, yeah, team going but like, on blind. <laughs> but it kind of made me feel like, all right, cool. So the people who are in on in on the jokes uh, are and the in crowd and on the knowledge will know who that's supposed to be. But the uh, person who has been following just the MCU will have no clue. And that to me is a huge problem that goes really well in No Way Home, but really bad in in Multiverse of Madness. And that's not even just a spotty thing. I think it's not necessarily it's it's forgetting who your audience is, I think is 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 a big part of it. Yeah, I think um, bring up a great point. I don't think the MCU is for casual movie fans anymore. Uh, yeah, it absolutely. used to be when you're watching stuff, even up to phase three leading up to Endgame, you could watch the movies individually and it would still be good as movies. Now, I feel like with every Marvel movie, there's a kind of checklist of things you have to see your quote-unquote required viewing before you see this movie of, I remember this character, this character, and it will tie into this thing, and they're connected to this thing. I'm just like, what about the Winter Soldier days when I could go in, go, this is a spy thriller, or Iron Man 3. I'm using Iron Man 3 as a good example of, sure, there's some references to Avengers, but this movie still works on its own. Uh, And you brought up No Way Home, and why those cameos work and the ones in Multiverse Madness don't is the ones in No Way Home, even if you've never seen the Andrew or Toby ones, like, say, my mom, who I would label as the ultimate casual fan, um, even if you've never seen those Spider-Man movies, the movie does a good enough job of getting you up to speed as to what these characters will bring to the table for this specific movie of... Um, yes. Uh, these characters are here to help this Spider-Man. One, because their villains are from their universe. But two, they have made mistakes that it benefits you if you've seen it, but you're not required to know them. Whereas Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, if you're going from Endgame to Doctor Strange and you don't have Disney+, Plus, you're just going, what the heck happened to Wanda? Like, mm-hmm. what what's going on here? What What's this about her kids? And that's what comes in with the required viewing. Disney Plus is about the blessing and a curse of you're basically making it so people have to read. <laughs> it's like comic books. You're making it so people have to read your other long-running comic book series in order to figure out your main storyline. Say you've got your Superman comic, but at the same time, in order to understand what's happening in the main timeline, you also have to read... Um, oh... All-Star Superman or The Adventures of Superman. You also have to read Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, and you also have to read action comics to get the full picture. That is something that's existed in comics for a very long time. Mm -hmm. They're clearly adopting the comics approach, which on paper sounds great, but you're going to alienate your audience. 
I'll be very curious to see what Thor Love and Thunder's second weekend box office is to see what the drop is because the drop was real on Doctor Strange. The word of yeah, mouth was absolutely. not the word of mouth was not strong and I think there was the casual fans just going we're starting to get lost here and I think they're going to start to lose the regular fan which you need the hardcores and you need the regular fans. You need what's called the four quadrant films to work. And I think for now, Marvel has such a rock steady reputation that fans will put up with some bad movies here and there. But come phase five, if things aren't fixed soon. The box office will reflect that. Like it showed up a little bit for Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange definitely hit a wall. Up here, if it happens with Thor, it absolutely happened with Eternals. Eternals, I think Marvel mm-hmm. took for granted. Their audience are just like, eh, they'll see anything we put out there. Eternals did not do well and was not received well. So, yeah, I think this required viewing is not great. And it's this, you have to basically go in with a Marvel Wikipedia going into every movie. Also, someone brought up a great point. I forget who it was so I can credit them. But in the first few phases of the MCU, the end credits would always set up the immediate next movie or the movie after. Like, a very closely connected stuff. Almost all the end credit stuff that we've gotten for Phase 4 teases things that we may never even see for another four or five years. Like, way, mm-hmm. way down the road. So you mean to tell me that the end credits for Doctor Strange, when a certain new character shows up, that they're immediately going to start contributing? Or is that not going to be resolved until um, the next Doctor Strange, whenever that happens? Or I went into Thor Love and Thunder really, really almost guaranteeing that we'd get a Guardians of the Galaxy end credits tease because the Guardians are in Thor. We've got Guardians 3 coming out next year. Neither end credit was for Guardians. I'm going, oh, one of your end credits is to set up a future Thor movie that honestly may never actually happen. We don't know for a fact that Chris Hemsworth is coming back. Taika Waititi doesn't know if he's coming back. I think they're getting too far out. They're putting the cart too far ahead of the horse. They are. And Marvel, look at me, Marvel. I'm, I'm sorry, but I have to do this. <laughs> you are becoming Sony, and you Mm -hmm. know it. You are putting the cart before the horse. Now, granted, you're still a long way off from turning Kraven into a neutered hunter and making a Madam Web movie, but you're still kind of jumping the gun a little bit here, and this that brings us to our last major point of the issues that we're kind of having with Phase 4 and why we think the Phase 4 is losing steam for the MCU. It's just a lack of direction of all the other phases... They've been great individual stories, but clearly have an end goal in sight. And I know people are like, it's clearly leading up to Secret Wars. They're going multiversal. Even if that's the case, and I I do believe we're getting that. Where does that factor in? Sharon Carter with stealing government secrets. Where does that leave the potential Thunderbolts movie that's coming out? Where does that leave the Young Avengers that are clearly being set up in every Disney Plus show across the board? Where where are we going? There is no clear end goal. And I think that's part of where people's frustration is, is before it was a whole bunch of like underground train stations of you check the map. This is the end goal. This is where the station ends. Now it is a kid that just 
dipped his hand in spaghetti and chucked it at the wall and seeing what sticks, literally. Mm-hmm. I know Ken Feige's like, we've got a plan. You're going to need to show it to people soon or else the vocal people will start getting even louder than they already are. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like, I think that's why I'm kind of excited for Comic-Con coming up because it's like, guys, I hope you know that we need something. Like we have to, like you have to, as the fans, we, we have been loyal. We have been always coming back. And like the, I think the thing that the required viewing, I, they saw that people were willing to do giant marathons for, for Endgame and for Infinity War. Uh, but at the same time, those were absolute cinematic events and the casual person heard about that and was like, well, I want to, I want to be able to, to, you know, like to experience this why can't i I guess i'll go watch you know all 20 films or whatever and then and so that i can be a part of that cool and i think marvel might have seen that and been like ah ah yes so we can hide details and that means that people will just go look for the answers um i don't think that's the case and i think swinging into the the, the, (laughs) swinging um into the lack of direction i it's it to me again you have to look no farther than the whole marketing campaign and and the actual movie itself of multiverse of madness because the multi-marketing campaign was going in a direction and then the movie did wasn't that it was like okay well so then what direction are we going then because this clearly wasn't it and it's uh, again weird to put a main character in your movie call it a doctor strange movie and the movie not be about that character um so it just there's a complete lack of direction i haven't there's certain shows that i haven't watched because i they don't interest me but it's looking like i'm going to have to go watch them in order to make sure that i don't miss anything because like i think you made this point a couple weeks ago are you going to have to, even though you don't want to, are you going to have to go watch Miss Marvel in order to make sure you don't miss anything? Because that's, I, they shouldn't force, I, I've said this from the beginning, they should not be forcing us to have to have seen everything else in order for this story to make sense. You got away with it with Infinity War, you got away with it on any game because it was a big, there was a, not even thing so that had never that. been done before. Not even so much with Infinity War and Endgame. If you watch just the Avengers movies, 2012 Avengers, mm-hmm. Age of Ultron, Infinity War, Endgame, you'll miss some details, but by and large, those four movies actually tell a good enough narrative by themselves that if you've seen nothing else, you can keep up with what's happening. Be like, well, what's this witch that we meet in Infinity War? You've already introduced, been introduced to her in Age of Ultron. Or... If you didn't know Cap and Tony had broken up come Infinity War, you can kind of glean that from how they were bickering and fighting with each other in Age of Ultron. The pieces, Mm -hmm. like, it's bricks being stacked on top of each other. They're building a strong enough foundation. Four is just throwing the bricks loosely in your backyard somewhere and hoping that it builds a wall out of that. That's not how construction works. Uh, Josh should know he was in the window business, but now he can see yeah. through that. Uh, it's, there needs to be a plan. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else to this before we can kind of go, all right, 
We've shown you how it's broken. Now we show you how to fix it. Josh, yeah. What else? What else can, is contributing to the engine losing steam here? I I think it's back to back losses as well because, um, especially going out into Comic Con from this, having multiverse not be good, having Love and Thunder not be good. It's like okay, okay. Like we were okay with we as a fan base could deal with a a loss like um uh Eternals. dark world well dark world eternals we we were like okay cool 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 it was one like misstep we're fine we're keep we're keeping it going but like two missteps in a row is very odd especially for a company that's been doing this as long as they have well even a misstep like thor the dark world i think people are more okay with missteps so long as you still know what the end goal is it's fine mm-hmm. if your car hits a pothole, so long as you're still, everything else is still running fine and it didn't blow out your tire. Like, bad things yeah, are going to happen absolutely. on the road as long as you can still get to your destination. Right now, we, we're we just driving. We don't know what the destination is. And Feige going, well, yeah, we, we know what it is. Trust me. We'll reveal it. I would have a lot more faith in you if this was a few years ago, but... It's gotten a lot spottier lately. Like I, mm-hmm. the anticipation for Marvel movies just isn't there as much for me. Don't get me wrong; some of them I still get excited for, but it's not like that consistency that it used to be of consistently mm-hmm. great movies, consistently great stories. Now it really is a crapshoot of is this gonna be that good? And granted, they're terrible. Except for Love and Thunder, which, like, as soon as the movie ended, I leaned over to my dad. Thanks, I hate it. Uh, none of them are outright bad, but we are very much on a slippery slope right here. That if they want to keep going, you're gonna need to fix some stuff, and there are yeah. fixes. It's just a matter mm-hmm. of will you be humble enough to acknowledge that some stuff needs to be fixed, coming from you know some disgruntled fans who knows the people in charge of everything could actually have everything figured out like we're the ones just like everyone else that was whining complaining for a lot of years that what are you doing with tom holland's spider-man why doesn't he do this why doesn't he act more like spider-man this that or the other thing and then by the end of Noah we're going oh balls we're the wrong ones here they did have a plan or they just you know Allegedly. WWE did and they <laughs> screwed it up and somehow managed to fix their own yeah. problems at the last minute. And maybe that's what they're doing here. Maybe they're walking a tightrope. But if things continue yeah. to go bad, you watch. We're going to see those Fox characters a whole lot sooner than Feige planned in case of emergency break X-Men type situation. Um, yeah, absolutely. To, Josh, you are approached by Kevin Fagoli, the almighty. And he says, Josh... I trust you and you alone to save the MCU. For some reason, I don't we know are that desperate. Come save us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the We can't trust the bald man in charge, so we've come to another bald man. <laughs> hey, he sees you and goes, you wear hats like I do. You are welcome <laughs> in this place. I would wear a hat with a suit, bro. Like, don't even deny it. Um, but I think... <laughs> How do you how do you do that? How do you have this conversation with him without being like fire Bob Chapek? Um, like, how do you yeah. not like? Yeah. So, 
if we're not firing Bob Chapek, I say you're going to have to start. Get, whoa, that was a big lightning burst. That's going to be loud. Um, you're going to die, Josh. Ooh. I'm going to die tonight. Um, I feel that you have to go back to telling smaller stories. That is absolutely, I mean, for the most part, it is working on Disney Plus. While the shows are still spotty and the finales are eh, I think telling the smaller stories is what got you here in the first place. If if trying to go multiversal isn't working, that's it's okay to backtrack. You haven't like ingrained that in into your your storyline going forward. We if you go if you t- make some absolute bangers from here on out, I th- I think we're fine. It's okay. Like okay, we had a few missteps again. That's okay. But I think it, you have to get back to doing if you continue down this path. You, I think you have to go back to smaller stories. I would love a Secret Wars, but I feel like we're trying to trying to get to the twenty years worth of storytelling before we've done the sto- twenty years worth of storytelling. So it's I don't know if it's been broken down in the most positive way. Uh, so maybe that's where you start. Maybe that's hey, this is what the next phase looks like, and make it so it looks like it's heading somewhere. Uh, obviously, we won't be surprised when you say Secret Wars, and that's okay. But if you switch some things up and maybe go House of M to make it a more personal story, they'll, something they'll, that this... They'll say, we already did House of M, though. Yeah, I know. And no, you didn't. Jeez, um, okay, chill out out there. Oh, I can um, hear that one. That, that was, okay. Um, that was clenching. Was trying to... Yeah, the weather's trying to kill me now. Um, it's Bob Chapek sending the lightning to you. <laughs> I hear what that small bald man in Tennessee is saying. <laughs> uh, that needs to be like, a shirt. Just... It's just a cartoon Josh, small bald man in Tennessee. <laughs> I got, I got you. I got a guy. Um, uh, but like, I think at this point, you have to do smaller stories uh to tell your smaller stories that are like exactly what you've been doing tell your smaller stories that tie into a giant arc into this massive cinematic event you cannot every movie cannot be a cinematic cinematic event anymore sorry yeah i i think that's also the problem of endgame was huge stakes because it had been built over time i feel like every movie after that they'll be like oh this this is huge stakes too dr strange the whole mm-hmm. multiverse might collapse in which case you put people's expectations through the roof for no real reason not everything can be a crisis in the words of dc comics like you've you've got to have some lulls in there to ramp back up it's the same thing with thor love and thunder humor works when you have time to catch your breath same thing with horror. You've got to pace things better. And if that's the case with big epic stories, you've got to have some dips in there. Not to pat ourselves on the back or anything, but when Josh and I did our rebooking the DCEU mm-hmm. podcast episode, which you should check out, it's one of our favorites that we've ever done, we purposely made it that after every big story, there was a cooldown movie. And Marvel used to do that of smaller Mm -hmm. stakes 
Um, look at after Endgame, we got Far From Home. Well, not the best Marvel movie by any stretch of the imagination. Lower stakes. More intimate story for Peter Parker. Intimate personal stories are okay. It's why Ant-Man has worked so far, because he's kind of felt mm -hmm. more removed from the MCU. I like the Ant-Man movies, but I've never loved them. They're not my favorite, but I enjoy them, and I'm worried with Quantumania around the corner that they'll be like, nah, nah, nah. Your stories have been too small. <laughs> Your stories have been too small. Let's blow this up to cosmic levels. You've got you've to have a big, huge, world-ending crisis-level threat. Not everything can be a crisis. Batman doesn't just stop like the big huge events he sometimes stops muggers that's okay too small scale crime small scale stories that is fine build up to your big event stop trying to make big events out of small events and also i don't blame kevin feige on this one i blame again the angry bald man stop mismarketing your movies dr strange and multiverse madness i will be curious to go back and watch this knowing what I know about the movie and watch it with no preconceived notions of what multiverse could mean mm -hmm. or re mm -hmm. uh, I was about to say rewatch Thor love and thunder, but once is enough for that garbage pile for me. <laughs> if y'all like Thor love and thunder. Awesome. I hated it a lot. It's in the bottom three Marvel movies for me. I would rather watch Thor of the dark world again. Um, but stop making big thing. Stop making something out of nothing. I'm not saying these movies mm -hmm. are nothing, but the stakes aren't to the level that you're advertising them. And that's okay. Small scale is okay. Um, but I think a big thing is you gotta get us to care about these characters again. Like phase one introduced some hall of famers when it comes to iconic movie characters. Cap, Iron Man, Thor, Black Widow, these will go down in lexicons of great comic book to movie adaptations or just famous movie characters. They are beloved the world over now. I don't see that same fervor for the newer characters. Sure, there might be some. Spider-Man, the love for Spider-Man will never die. And they really want Doctor Strange to be it. I just don't know if he is. And I think it's... The character has been portrayed inconsistently, I think, mm -hmm. so far. Yeah. Each Doctor Strange appearance, he's been slightly different. And it's not so much of him undergoing an arc. It's the character personification feels a little different each time. So get us to care about this new batch. Again, like we talked about with Sam Wilson, I care about him primarily because of previous relationships that he's had, like with Cap. But also you established he's a good man and a good character. Get us to care about the characters. And you've done a big part of the heavy lifting right there. And I think that's part of it is you just dumped a whole bunch of characters on our lap and says, care, because we told you to. And that, that's not how emotion works. It, it's not? It's I crazy. don't know. I'm a cyborg. Wow. I don't know human emotion. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Oh, man. that's wild. I run a so, podcast. Like... I'm not human. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And I'm just an angry, bald man in Tennessee. Um they just could be worse. You could yeah. be a frugal bald man in Orlando. I mean, I, uh, to be fair, I could stand to be a little frugal. Um, uh, we're all being forced to do it. That that's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, no, I should still be way more. I think I dropped like two hundred books. The two hundred dollars on books. Last I last dropped two hundred books on 200 my toes. Bucks. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think 
the main things here are focus on your new your new characters really get us to to like them um maybe figure out what you're doing with with dr strange if he's going to be the leader of this new area i don't know maybe stop going back and forth as far as like who he is and we're like oh he's this grand leader excuse me in this movie but then the next movie it's like oh haha see we took the title away from you not quite yet not earned haha even though like I, he's just I, I to me he's too reckless and the movie has done the movies have done a good job of proving that fact for us of like oh yeah look he's just you know he he's reckless he doesn't know what he's doing um and we're just going to continue to do that over and over and over again um that's the guy that's the guy you want leading your thing okay whatever so you need to get to me and multiverse of madness was an opportunity show us that this guy is capable of leading show us that this guy can absolutely be the next cap be the next um tony stark i mean yes those are big shoes to fill but you have to show us that he's capable of it um, cause if not, sorry, I'm going with like my boy, my boy, Peter Parker and, and Shang-Chi and, and it's like, those are going to be the guys to me that are going to be the next leaders. Those are the ones that like Sh- Shang-Chi being like the next like leader of, of the Avengers totally I, works for me. Yep. Like a reluctant leader. Yes. That that's so Chris Evans. That's so Captain America. Like, absolutely. Like I understand that this is a need and I don't want to fill it, but I know I'm the best man for the job. That is so that's like that's Shang that's Shang-Chi. Like that that's that to me that that works the best. But I am I what do what, what do I know? You know, I'm just some dude, some podcaster. So to wrap it all up, I think basically what we are coming to the conclusion of is get us to care more about the characters, give us a clear end goal, take your time more. Don't like just crap stuff out just actually pay more attention to the details like you used to give us a clear roadmap and most importantly cast nicholas cage as something and all your problems will be fixed that's all we're really asking <laughs> you had a good start with owen wilson that helped um oh absolutely. now you just now you just need nicholas cage and everything will fix itself that's all i'm saying well what do you guys think has Marvel Phase 4 been great or eh to you? If you think Marvel Phase 4 has been the best phase yet, let us know in the comments below. I would love to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, as always, if you haven't already subscribed to us on whatever audio platform you're listening to us on, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or YouTube. And if you haven't already subscribed to us on YouTube at Uncharted Media, help us get to 700 subscribers for reasons, because you like us. And as always, stay sharp, movie guys and gals.